0: Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there, and welcome once again to the October 16th, 2020 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devon from Canada. We're going to hear an interview in just a few minutes with a very interesting gentleman. But let's begin today's busy half hour, with a song by Bent Fabric called The Happy Puppy. You probably will remember him as being the musician and composer of the song Alley Cat. Well, this is The Happy Puppy by Bent Fabric. (music) Taken your assistance dog snowshoeing or canoeing? Or how about fishing or ice fishing? Well, this gentleman that I'm about to speak to has done all of that. He is Lawrence Gunther, and he talked to me from his home in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hi, Lawrence, and uh, welcome to the program. So the tagline that uh, often comes below your name is Canada's only blind conservationist. Have you been doing this for uh, quite a few years?
1: I have been. You know, I did uh, my master's in environmental studies back in uh, Toronto in the 1990s. And I've been just a big fan of, you know, trying to understand what's going on in the world in the environmental world, you know, what's going on underwater especially, and and trying to, you know, figure that out because, you know, it's all hidden, right? It's all hidden beneath the waves. Yeah. But when no one really sees it, and many people just assume, well, can't see it, there's no problem, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Now that's not necessarily the case. It sure isn't. So have you always been uh, blind? Do you have any sight at all?
1: I was registered blind when I was eight, and uh, I don't have any uh, remaining sight. I haven't had any remaining sight for about ten years now.
0: Oh, yeah. So what got your your interest in conservation? Was it uh, a a childhood interest?
1: Um, I did spend time in the outdoors with my father, who always had a strong interest. So... um, you know, being on the outdoors fishing and hiking with him and camping. Yes. And then and then as a scout uh-huh. and as uh, you know, the next level up above scouts is a venturer. Uh, even though I was registered blind quite young, I could still have a lot I had a lot of purple vision. So I was able to do a lot of the canoeing and hiking stuff with the ventures with no problem. Right. And uh, and then, you know, beyond that I said, you know, moving to Toronto to do my studies, university and college and all that. I always spent my summers in Cape Breton, ah. fishing and cod fishing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I saw the collapse of that cod fishery. I was yes. fishing on these old wooden homemade fishing boats with hand lines for my, uh, in the summer, because it was a job
2: mm-hmm. to
1: do uh, and I could get paid pretty good money doing. And then the cod just, just you know, we yes. wiped them out, right? We wiped out the cod fishery collapse in 1992. Yes, and I was I was astounded. I said, you know, here's three of us on this old wooden boat. We've got a you know a hand line each, and we're catching one fish at a time with our hand lines. Mm-hmm. And um, and this fish all disappeared. How did that happen? So that got me going.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did you have uh, your first guide dog by that time?
1: I did. I got my first guide dog in 1986. I got him from the uh, Leader Dog School in Rochester, Michigan.
0: Ah, okay. And uh, was he uh, keen to do the uh, outdoor adventures with you?
1: You know, it's funny, I, like I, I, that dog got two degrees and a college certificate. <laughs> <laughs> and then got jobs in the government, like we worked on, the, on Parliament Hill for a year at block. Then we worked at Ford Affairs, and we traveled a fair bit around the world for meetings and things like that. And uh, he even lived with me in Sweden for a year when I was doing uh, a year up there finishing up my master's degree. Wow. But he was quite a world traveler. But every summer, I'd, I'd, go, I'd head out to my cabin in Cape Breton, and I basically would just let him go. And he would spend, you know, from May until August, he would just spend all the time squirrels and rabbits and and, uh, muskrat and he could he could catch small fish along the shoreline Mm -hmm. uh he spent all his days outside sometimes i wouldn't even see him in the the evening he would i just find him in the morning sleeping on the front step (laughs) (laughs) but all summer he would just spend foraging in the forest like a wild animal yeah And and it's by September, we'd be back in Toronto, he'd be back at the harness, back at school. <laughs> you know, we moved to Ottawa, and he'd have this other life, right? Yes. He, he worked for 10 years. Like, uh, if cancer hadn't got him when he was 13, he'd still be working, I'm sure. But he was in great shape, great shape right up until the end.
0: That's great. And how many dogs have you had since?
1: I've probably had about five now in the last... In, uh, in 33, 34 years. Okay. Yeah.
0: But you haven't always gone to Leader,
2: right?
1: I, I got my first dog from Leader Dog. hmm And then I got my next dog from Mira Foundation. Ah. And uh, I, I was going to get something, I was going to do something different. You know, when I, I'll tell you a quick story. I When I was at York University, there was a young lady there who had a guide dog. She had trained, um, at the school in Oak, in, in uh, Oakville, mm-hmm. um, Canine Vision Canada, I guess they call it. Right. And, and that, that school just started. I'm talking 1984, mm-hmm. and they just started that school around then, or 1986 or something. And um, yeah, it was uh, anyway, she, she raised this golden retriever puppy, brought mm-hmm. it to the school, gave it to them, and they trained it as her guide dog. And I said, and, and, and we would go for walks together with our dogs, And her dog was so smart and so obedient and so well-trained. And my dog, if I let him off the leash, he would just run away. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) And and I think, so I I thought when my dog got older, I said, well, I want to raise my own puppy. So I contacted the school here in Ottawa at the time. Mm -hmm. I said, look, I I told them about the story. And I said, give me a puppy. We'll raise it. And, in a, and he said, well, there's no guarantee it'll work out. I mean, there's no guarantee it could be a good guy dog. I said, yeah, but if it, if it is, you train it. I'll get it, right? He yeah. I said, yeah. Well, they were so impressed with that young dog that by the time he was supposed to be neutered around age nine, ten months, they wanted They said, "Lawrence, this is a natural born guide dog. And I said, well, geez. I take about twice a day with me and my guide dog and that dog. And he just mimicked my guide dog, right? Wow. So He learned how to do guiding just by watching my guide dog do it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and by the time he was 10 he he would he would you know he would fight to get the harness on <laughs> he, would, he would put the old dog aside yeah and that anyways they, they said no we want we want this dog we want to use him as a breeding dog oh yes and we'll give you another puppy and i said no never mind <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that all again i'm not raising another puppy we'll yeah get, I lost enough Mm-hmm. and uh, the, never tried that again. I, I, I never went. I never did get a dog from that school. I, I was a little disappointed that uh, it didn't turn out the way we had uh, agreed. So yeah. I went to the Mirror Foundation, and, and they were doing pretty cool dogs there with their birdies, mountain dog, and Labrador mixes. I've had a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. But now that the CNIBs is into the game, and they're really just focusing on guide dogs now, Yes. Just, I thought well that's 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 a good fit for me and they also the CNIB idea also they're very interested in making sure they can do guide dogs for people who live outside cities you know Canadas a big country yes and they want to do guide dogs for people who live in the north who live in rural and remote communities mm-hmm. uh, and, and not just for city uh, people right and I that's a big that's a huge thing for me because I've always had to train my own dogs to do outdoor stuff uh-huh. so I like to do canoeing you know, fishing, hiking, camping, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, you know, ice fishing, all, all that stuff that I like to do, and, you know, I've always had to teach my dogs that myself because, like, you get your guide dog and they're great on the sidewalk, but, you know, they don't have a lot of experience no. walking on a dock. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so then the CNIB said, yeah, that's, t- they're interested in that. Mm-hmm. We eight young guide dog trainees and over the next nine months I, I helped them I worked with those nine young dogs seven eight nine dogs mm-hmm. I mean, Okay.
2: And this one is on cross country skiing and snowshoeing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's that's those videos are coming out and uh, with uh, me taking these different dogs out and, and having fun with them. And really but they are so young, right? Whether they're 14, 15, 13 months old. They're so young. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time these dogs are just wrestling with each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, So when you do these things, uh, are you, you know, when you go snowshoeing or fishing or whatever, are you uh, alone? Are you alone with your guide dog?
1: Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But, Uh you know, quite often you're with your family or a friend. Yeah. And, uh, you you know, I take the dog with me. It's not often I don't take the dog. I mean, if I'm on the boat and the mid- middle of July and it's uh, you know 90 degrees outside I might not bring the dog uh-huh. it's just you know there's not a lot of shade and, no.
0: and it's just
1: it, it's too intense or if I'm going ice fishing and it's minus 30 out and there's only so much room in the little shelter yeah. I might not bring the dog but right. if, if the weather is you know suitable and uh, it's not going to cause the dog any uh, health issues or welfare issues. Certainly, I'll bring the dog. Cause uh, they love to go. They really love to go. Yeah, I'm honestly like, they know. Like, what, if, if there's a little tap at the door at 5:30 a.m., <laughs> if my dog knows we're going. We're going fishing, or you know, yeah. <laughs> they get really excited. They really don't want to be left behind, and they know too. Like, just by listening to your fishing rod. You know, if that reel makes that little click, 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 sign yes. coming out when a fish bites, right? They get all excited. Wow! <laughs> they, get, they really, uh, they really enjoy it. And then they jump up and they watch, and they're, you know, they're ha- hanging over the side of the boat and they're watching your rod and they're watching the fish come over. Yeah, you know, they really enjoy that. Uh, they really get caught up in the spirit of it. Do so they like, try well, to I, ch- I know when there's a fish just following my lure as I'm reeling my lure in. Really. Yeah. There's a fish just following. My dogs will react a certain way. <laughs> and I'll know, oh, there's a fish over there. Uh-huh. You know?
0: <laughs> Do they try to catch the fish as you reel it in? Well,
1: they fall out of a boat, so I always <laughs> put a life jacket. You know, they lean over the side of the boat to try to grab the fish with their paws or something when it comes <laughs> close. And then they flip over the side and just splash. Yes, so that, that happened a few times. So now I, uh, I have a, a specially made um, PDF for the dogs. It, and mainly what it does, it, it, you know, the dog, it floats. So that's good. Yeah. But it also has some straps on the back, so when you when you're, you get the dog beside the boat, you can just reach down, grab the straps, and lift them in. Right. Because it's it's hard to lift a, a big wet dog into a boat, and you don't want to do it just with the collar. No, that's
0: so, for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's uh, it's having these PDFs. It's a Canadian company called Salus Salus Marine S A L U S.
2: Oh. They
1: they make these PDFs for dogs in different sizes, and they're they're very comfortable for the dogs, and they work with Harness
0: on as well. Mhm, that's great. Yeah. Do you put the, uh, the that those straps o- over the harness or under? I put
1: the harness on. Yeah. And then I put the, the PDF on. Oh yes. And oh. The, and the handle pops up just fine. The handle's right there; it's exposed. So oh it good.
0: Mhm, that's great. Now, um, I know that you've been on. Uh, AMI, or Accessible Media Incorporated, uh, a fairly long time, and before you uh, were able to do that, did you uh, take a radio broadcasting course?
1: Um, no, I started podcasting back in um, 2012. A friend of mine started a, a radio, a, an internet radio program outdoors, an outdoors radio program. And he asked a bunch of people hey, would you do a podcast, and we'll put it onto this radio program. Yeah. But I started Bluefish Radio, my podcast, back in 2012, and it's still going. I think we were, um, I'm just finishing up episode 316. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then now I just started a September 2nd podcast, and this one's called Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. Right, and it's a it's a twenty five minute podcast. It's an AMI original.
2: Yeah. So it's on. A, it starts fr- airing Friday night at eight o'clock. And and this one is my audience for this is is really just low vision
1: and blind people, and and especially the youth. Right, I I think it's important to reach out to the youth just mm-hmm. show options on how to enjoy outdoor life. Yes. Um, and so I have a section in there, uh, just some skit in school with some in the outdoors mm-hmm. it's a sort of a bucket list segment right where we talk about a place you want to go to experience animals in outdoors mm-hmm. or in Canada and then uh, and then a tips and tech section where we talk about you know how to do this you know with some low-tech ideas or, or, or some really cool tech on how to uh, you know things to use in the outdoors yeah. And on the low vision blind audience with that podcast. I think it's important that, uh, uh, you know, it, people shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel if they want to do this sort of stuff like I do. Right. I've been doing it for so long that I always seem to come up with something to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now where, where would people, um, oh, and do you talk about guide dogs? Uh, oh, yeah. On that one? So where would people find it?
1: Well, if you have a smart speaker, you know one of these smart speakers, mm-hmm. just say "Hey, do do do," yeah. play outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. Okay. And you know, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, they all they all have it. Yes. So any any of your smart speakers should be able to play out the outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. Okay. Yeah. And then and AMI has airs it five times a week over uh, AMI Audio over their cable TV and internet stream as well.
0: Okay. Good. That's great. Uh, and uh, now these videos that you were talking about how how can people open those? So there's there the CNIB
1: is releasing those on the CNIB YouTube page. Ah. So if you go to CNIB YouTube and you go to their Making's of a Guide Dog channel. Okay. See the videos there they're, they're, they're popping up there. Mhm. If you if you want to go to my my website just go to Lawrence Gunther. Lawrence L A W R E N C E, like the river, and then Gunther G U N T H E R dot com, LawrenceGunther dot com. You go there and you look for the in the menu. You see Makings of a Guide Dog, and you'll see the blogs and the blogs have uh, have tips on how I do it. So a little more information on how I do what we're showing in the video and a link to the video itself.
0: Right. Okay, that's great. And uh, have you had people from outside of Canada uh, listen to your uh, podcasts and videos?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, Devin, honestly, I, tr- I don't track a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think it's nice when you get a, um, a comment. You know, when someone sends you an email yes. and I get a lot of those or something, I'm sure you know, I mean, just that personal connection a uh, story, it makes a lot more. I find that podcasters who chase numbers, they end up losing touch with their original goal, right? Because right. you just think, oh, that's got a big bunch of numbers. Mm-hmm. I'll do more of that. And then you see, well, oh, that and all that. And then you see, you keep tweaking it every week. To, to chase the numbers, get more and more numbers, and then two or three months down the road, you're doing something totally different than you what you anticipated, right. what you, you you know originally planned for, and then you're not happy because you're doing something that you don't want to do. You're just doing something that a handful of people wanted to, you to do, and you know you're, now you're just doing it for them, not yourself anymore. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: and you have to enjoy what you're doing.
1: Otherwise, you're not making money at it. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No one makes money at podcasting.
0: No, no. No. So your contact information is on your on your website.
1: Yeah, lawrenceguthier Uh huh.
2: And,
1: and from there, you can see you can link to my other website, Blind Fishing Boat. Oh yes. That's, yeah. I started that uh, blog back in two thousand six. I, I started you know the GPS the talking GPS from Humanware came out that allowed me to create waypoints on the water and navigate on the water on the ice you know without a map yeah and uh, and then I put an electric boat together the electric motor and all the sensors on it and uh, talking depth sounders and compasses and wow sonar on the front and everything and I just kept I, and I continued to tool around with this little plastic electric boat. You know, it's yeah. it's, a, it's a constant process, and so on that blindfishingboat.com There's information about my uh, on the water experimentation with all the technologies. You know, over the years. Yes. And and as well as fishing blind, like how to tie knots and tie uh, you know fish and cast and all the stuff you need to know if you want to be an angler. And you know what? If you if you have no sight or little, little sight, mm-hmm. it could angler right because really it's all about feeling the bite
2: yes yes
1: you know and, and, and all anglers are blind all anglers fish blind ah. and fishing rods are nothing but super expensive white canes because 90 <laughs> percent of the time with the fishing rod you're just feeling you're feeling with your fishing rod mm-hmm. you think you know most of the time you're fishing you're not catching fish you're casting and yeah, fishing rod's good for casting but mm-hmm. for playing fish so they don't
2: break
1: off. Yeah. But most of the time you're just feeling around out there with your fishing rod and your line and your hook and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very accessible sport.
0: Well, that's great. I've done it a couple of times with uh, somebody around, but I was uh, very surprised the one time that I managed to catch a fish. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: it always is, isn't it? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that is... What again is the website for for that?
1: So blindfishingboat Okay, is all about the fishing stuff. Yes, and and it, for the makings of a guide dog, outdoors with Lawrence Gunther, and uh, the other things I do. It's lawrencegunther.com. com.
0: Okay, and there'll be links to various spots.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. I try to try to keep the website pretty pretty simple. In, yes. And uh, how they're set up.
0: Any new uh, projects coming up?
1: Well, you know, I got like you know, with the with the uh, the videos we filmed over ten months in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. We were we you know it was with the pandemic and everything. It was a bit of a delay in getting those out. So this is a project that's taken two years now, and, and um, it's nice to get the videos going out. So that's that's kind of a relief. Um, the, the new podcast that that was. You know, getting that up and running, that was a big uh, big step, you know, taking on a second podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm also doing these linked plate videos where I, um, I go into a region and I look at who's growing things and, and making things, cider, wine, beer, oh. organic vegetables, forage, you know, the tourism, the outfitters. And I just go out and meet all these people and collect all their things. Uh, you know their produce and then i find a local chef and then the chef and i would put the, uh, an outdoor feast together and then we invite everybody that i met along the way ah. and we have a feast celebrating the fruits of their labor right so that's look, terrific we've been doing these and uh and they're quite popular we've got we've got another one we're just editing now um and we're going to do some more filming next spring and summer mm-hmm. so it, it's To know Canada, you know, the small communities and yeah. all those entrepreneurs and, and the regions and the nature. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I like it. It's
0: fun. Terrific. It's and people would be able to find out about all of these things by going to lawrencesgunther.com. Yeah.
1: yeah. Terrific. And there's links to other websites as well. Yes. Yeah, that I have.
0: All right. Well, happy adventures to you and your current guide dog.
1: Thanks, Devin, which will remain nameless for now, right? Because the reveal is episode eight of Makings of a Guide Dog. No one knows, you know, no one's supposed to know that, which guide dog I ended up with. That's oh. just supposed to be the surprise.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're at what, episode three right now?
1: Yeah, episode four just came out yesterday. Okay.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for being with us. That's terrific, and all the best of luck.
1: Thanks, Devin. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, keep up the great work.
0: Thank you. That just about does our half hour together for this month. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you'll join me again on November 20th. Have a good month, and we'll see you on November 20th. Bye for now.
3: This is Sean Klein, regular host of Everything with the Kitchen Sink, here on the Global Voice, and on the fourth Friday of every month, I'll be bringing you Odds and sods. A half-hour monthly show featuring interesting things and curiosities I've found on the internet, touching on a variety of subjects, from humanity's first recordings of its own voice in the 1850s, the federal government bouncing shortwave signals off the moon, an old World War II-era film about the use of radio during the war, auditory illusions, alternate musical scales, what noise does an ostrich make? A dinosaur? We'll be exploring these and much more On Odds and Sods, 1730 UTC, every fourth Friday of the month, here on The Global Voice. Check the program schedule for repeats.